0: Dating Skills Review: the central source for dating advice for men, brings you the Dating Skills podcast.: Hey, this is Angel Donovan, your host for Dating Skills Podcast. This week I'm interviewing Alan Roger Currie, a dating author with a very direct and straightforward method that he calls "mode 1. As you'll see in the interview, this could also be called the Brutal honesty method. Alan developed this method in his early 20s, that's over 15 years ago, after seeing an actor demonstrate the behavior in a movie. Over the last 15 years, Alan has published several books on his method, became a mainstream contributor for dating advice on AskMen.com, the largest men's lifestyle website, and became a well-known face and highlight at direct game conferences. To stay up to date with the latest podcasts, reviews, news, and other free downloads from Dating Skills Review, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash datingskillsreview and hit like. If you are more of a Google Plus guy, here's a cool new trick. Google Dating Skills Review and you'll see a big Google Plus Dating Skills Review box appear to the right of the search results. Hit the box's follow button and you're done. Now let's get started with this week's interview. When did you get into all of this and... How, how did it start about? Was it quite a long time ago, I think for you?
1: Yeah, the true starting point I would say was the summer in between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college, I was over friends, and this friend had a thing where whenever his parents weren't around he would he would he would pop in a porno movie and uh so yeah, we would watch these these porno movies, which in retrospect is kind of weird. I I don't know if I would watch a porno movie in a room full of guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what we would do. That, not like it was a hey, regular thing.
0: Hey, that that's what you do when you kids. I think everyone's been through that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he would pop in these porno movies, and most of them I would kind of you know watch mainly for the sex scenes, whatever. Yeah. But if there was one movie that caught my interest more so. Than just for the sex. For the story period, was this movie called Talk Dirty to Me. Uh-huh. Starring this, this legendary adult film actor named John Leslie, who passed away just a couple of years ago. And in the movie, he plays this character, this kind of womanizing slacker named Jack. And his main thing <clears throat> was that he would approach women and say some of the most boldest, provocative, sexually straightforward comments to women that at that time, I had never seen a man do that at the first time I watched that film, either Mm -hmm. in real life or on film. I had never seen a guy do that. And um, so it caught my attention. I was like, wow, this guy is really bold and straightforward. And, yeah, the movie starts off with him. He seduces this doctor, and <clears throat> she first gives him a very negative reaction. But then, as the conversation goes on, she ends up giving in to him next thing you know, she's sucking his dick and I'm like, "Whoa and my my older brother he was kinda like, "Okay, man." You're looking like you're treating it a little too real. You got to remember this shit's scripted. You know that you can't be that that bold in real life with a woman. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't agree with him on that because two or three years later, I thought about that film and that, coupled with there were some women I was cool with in college who would kind of complain to me, they would say, Alan, let me ask you something. I said, what's up? They say, how come guys will give you the impression that they really care about you and really into you and really want like a long-term relationship with you, but then once you have sex with them for a couple of weeks or a month or two, all of a sudden they just dump you and you never hear from them again. And I would say, well, that's simple. Those guys never want to any type of long term relationship with you from in the first place, they just wanted to fuck. Also, that's it. Well, why don't they just say that? Why don't they just? I would always hear women say, "They say, why don't they just say that?" I say, because most men are afraid to let women know straightforwardly that they just want to fuck. <laughs> so then I found myself going to some of my male friends and frat brothers. I would ask them. I say, "Hey, let me ask you something. How come when you want casual sex?" you'll pretend like you want a relationship. Oh, man, all the guys do that. That's what you got to do with women, man. When you first meet women, you got to lie to them and bullshit them. You You can't let women know what you're really thinking, which is why the subtitle of my book is called Mo. One, Let the Women Know What You're Really Thinking, because so many guys would use that phrase. They would say, man, when you first meet women, you can't let them know what's really on your mind. You can't let them know what you're really thinking for what you really want from them. Yeah. And I would say that's bullshit. And so if you guys start challenging me, they'd be like, okay, the next time we're at a party, I dare you to just go up to a woman and say, all you want to do is fuck her. Tell her straight up that you don't want her to be your next girlfriend. You don't want none serious. That All you want to do is just fuck. I said, okay. So that's what I did. And in the back of my mind, I would think about Jack, John Leslie's character from Talk Dirty to Me. And what was interesting, to my pleasant surprise, I had this. If you were to watch this movie and see that opening scene with the doctor. And I was to show you a videotape of some of my early interactions with women. Man, they were almost just alike. It would almost be like this pattern for the first four or five, six minutes or so women would give me a very adverse reaction. Like, you know, oh my God, I don't believe you're talking to me that way. Oh my God, are you some kind of creep or something? You must be some kind of jerk or asshole. I can't believe you're just telling me you want to fuck me. I'm not the kind of girl. I'm not a slut. I'm not a whore. You know, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and what I borrowed from Jack was, I noticed in the film, when a the, when the female physician was going off on him, he was extraordinarily cool, calm, and collected. You know, he, he was just like, it was like all everything she was saying was going in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do with women. When women would start getting real theatrical with me and basically, you know, let me have it, I would just look at them dead in the eye and kind of have a, a Bruce Willis type smirk on my face. And I would just keep saying stuff like, so we fucking tomorrow or the next day? Or we fucking next Friday or two Fridays from now? And at first they would sigh, go, oh, oh, I can't believe you. But then, sure enough, not all the women, but a high percentage of the women, what I would notice, once they would see that I wasn't going to back down from anything I said, that I wasn't going to apologize for anything I said, they would give in. they would say stuff like, you know, you're so nasty. You're nasty. They would write that number Or many times I would end up fucking them that night Or if not fucking them Getting my dick sucked And I think the the turning point At least for my brother if, Anyway What made him a believer Was uh, we went to this 24 hour grocery store In Bloomington, Indiana It's still down there actually it's, uh, Kroger's And it was about one thirty two in the morning We were coming back from a party <laughs> and this attractive woman got out this car about three parking spaces from where my brother parked his car and my brother actually noticed her first he was like damn she is hot man look at her in that mini skirt and I was like I bet you I could get her number and he's like there you go so you missed the confidence huh? you you think you're gonna hook up with her real soon huh? I said I bet you I could fuck her within the next week or two he said, okay, okay, Mr. Confident. So I went in the store, got my few groceries. Then I saw her in the aisle by herself. She was in the shampoo aisle. And I approached her. And initially, I didn't say anything. I just looked at her. I looked at her dead in her eyes. Well, first she turned around and looked at me. Because she was facing the shampoo. And then I just kind of, I was a little behind her and to the side. And I just looked at her. She turned around, and I just looked in her eyes. And then she said, "Didn't someone teach you that it's rude to stare?" And I just was like, "So." And she kind of gave me a look like, "Huh? Why well, aren't you something?" And she asked me what my name was. I said, "Alan." And then she asked me the question. I opened the door. She said, "No." First, she said. So, Alan, are you going to help me choose shampoos? I never can make up my mind which one to buy. I said, she said, okay. I said, do I look like I'm a man who really gives a fuck about women's shampoos? It giggled a little bit. She said, wow, you're really a piece of work. Then she said, so, Alan, tell me, if you, if if your mind is not on helping me choose a shampoo, what is your mind on right now? It was one of those. I'm glad you asked. I was like, I want to just lean you against a wall, lift up that cute, sexy miniskirt you got on, and put my hard dick all in your pussy and fuck the shit out of you. And she just was like, Oh, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. I don't believe you just said that. I, just, I don't believe you just. I've never, ever, 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 ever had a man say anything that bold or straightforward in a first conversation. Oh, my God, I don't believe. It. I was just like, hey, believe it. I said it. So, when we fuck it. She's like, I don't even know you. I was like, yeah, that, that makes the fucking more spicy when you don't know me. And then she started giggling. Once I started giggling, I started moving closer to her. And then I just boldly put my hand like underneath her skirt and just start palming her ass. And she wasn't stopping me. So then I just leaned in and started kissing her. We started kissing and she could feel my dick getting hard. Cause she said something like, Oh, I can tell you're really happy to be sharing my presence right now. You're happy to see me. And I said, yeah, I said, you want to see it? And she, gave me look like, I dare you to pull it out in the store. <laughs> and so, yeah, I pulled out my dick right there in the store. And then I put my my hands on her shoulders to gesture for her to get on her knees. And she follows suit. And she starts sucking my dick in the grocery store.
0: Wow, that that's that's like that, you know, that's like the porno
1: movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she started sucking my dick in the store. Then we got caught by this stock boy. He's about, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years old. I bet you to this day, I tell friends, I bet you he's telling somebody this story right now. Hey, man, when I was like 16, I was working in this store, right? And this guy was getting his dick sucked in the aisle. But yeah, he looked and then he did a double take like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Anyway, that kind of freaked her out. So she gave me the keys to her car and told me to wait. She described the car, but I actually knew what a car, because I had seen her get out of it. I said, I know what your car is. She said, okay, wait for me. I'll be out in a few minutes. And so I went went and sat in her car. No, no, here's the funniest part. I came out. My brother was still in his car. And I walked out the store, and I – You know, I walked like I was coming back to his car. Then I just stopped. And my brother gave me a look like, you know, like, why are you stopping? Then I just dangled up her keys and pointed at her car. And he had a look. It was just priceless. Like, get the fuck out of here. You are fucking kidding me. And I went and sat in her car. And I kept looking at him, smirking. And she came out about, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes later. And we talked for maybe about thirty, forty five seconds, and then you just from his angle point, you just saw her head go into my lap. And she started continuing to suck my dick. And uh and my brother was just looking like, What the fuck? <laughs> so me and him always reminisce about that night because that was the night that was more well, significant for both of us, because for him, like I said, it was the night that made him a believer in Mo One Behavior. Right. And then for me, that was when he first suggested that I put it on paper.
0: Okay, so when and was I, that? How How old were you then?
1: That was, I was... I was 22. Yeah, I want to say I was 22 when that happened.
0: Great. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. And, we haven't had something like that on the podcast before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, Yeah, he and that's the night he said. He said, man, you need to put this on paper because um, he said, that's just, he said, if you are getting results like that, you're on to something. And what's interesting, it took him literally about 10, almost 15 years worth of persuading to get me to finally publish it. Because uh, I didn't finally publish it as a paperback from, the, from that grocery store incident. Oh, yeah, that was a long time. Yeah, because, uh, well, first of all, at that time, I didn't call it Mode 1. I would just call it Bold, Straightforward Behavior. Hmm. Um, the night, and I mentioned this in the book, if you read it, the night that provoked me to first start calling it Mode 1, um, I was driving in Gary, Indiana, and I saw this woman, young lady, on a bus stop who I recognize as being one of my my late mother's former students. My mother used to be teaching this gifted and talented program huh. and I saw this woman who I recognized. So I offered her a ride. And at first she looked at me like, like, I don't know you. I ain't getting in no car with you. I don't know you. And I said, "Aren't Was it Mrs. Curry? Your teacher said, oh yeah, Mrs. Curry. I love Mrs. Curry. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm her son. She said, oh, okay. So she got in the car. And she on this like black sweater with these black leggings that are now very popular among women. You know, women wear those tight leggings that might as well look like black paint on their body. That's kind of what she had on. It was real sexy. And it was interesting because if there was one woman I was kind of scared to be more one with was women who were the daughters of friends of my parents you know those those women i would always try to be mr gentleman around and stuff so initially i started being that way with her and she could tell i wasn't really into her conversation she started talking about a whole bunch of stuff that i just really didn't care about and honestly as a lot of people do i think you probably No friends who do this. A lot of times when we we listen to boring conversations, we'll play the role. We'll pretend like we're interested in what they're saying, like we're listening. Right. But most of us won't be bold enough to say, I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. But that night, I just decided I wasn't going to be phony. So she asked me, she said, Alan, I can tell you're not even really listening to me. And normally I would have said, no, of course I am. Yeah. You know, go ahead. But like I said, I just felt in a different mood. So I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I said, I could give a fuck all that bullshit you're talking about. And she said, oh, my God, I don't believe you just said that. <laughs> I, said, I, I said, the only thing that's on my mind right now is slowly sliding those leggings off your body and fucking the shit out of you. And she was just like, What? What did you say? Yeah, that took some guts. And I said, you heard me. I said, I didn't stutter when I said it. I said, I'm thinking about slowly sliding them leggings down and fucking the shit out of you. And she just was like, wow. I do not believe you just said that to me. I said, well, believe it. So at first she had the demeanor of a woman that was offended. And even in my mind, I was kind of like, damn, Alan, I think you just offended her. But I was like, fuck it. So be it. And uh, but then to my surprise, we got to this point where it was this intersection and nearby this intersection was this motel. And she said, you see that motel? I said, yeah. She said, why don't you go to the parking lot of that motel? I'm thinking, okay. So we get to the parking lot at the motel and just park there. And she just looks at me. She just stares at me for a long time. I'm wondering, okay, what is she thinking? Then finally, she says, "She says, you know what you said threw me for a loop, but you'll be interested to know it did not create the reaction that you probably think." Think it created? I said, okay. What reaction do you think that I think it created? She said, well, you're probably thinking that I'm, you know, very pissed at you right now. I'm very offended by you right now. I said, no. To be quite frank, with, I said, no. That's that's not what I'm thinking. I said, I'm thinking that what I said got your pussy wet, and you don't know how to process it. And she said, wow, you are something. I said, yeah, I heard that before. Anyway, make a long story short, she goes on to say, she says, you know what, I'm going to tell you something that a lot of women might not confess to. She said, that type of bold, straightforward talk really gets women sexually aroused. Assuming we're to some degree attracted to you. Hmm. I said, I have experience with that, so I already know that. She said, yeah. She said, but here's the thing. Most women... We don't expect any man to be bold enough to say what you said to me because I'm going to just keep it real. She said, oh, women know you men want to fuck us. <laughs> we know that. We know as soon as you ask us to dance in a nightclub, we know as soon as you flirt with us at a house party, we know as soon as you come up to us, even in the lobby of a McDonald's, we know that you've already envisioned yourself putting your dick in our mouse or our pussy. We know that. The thing is though, we think for lack of a better word, she said, most women tend to assume that most men are verbal cowards. We tend to assume that you guys do not have the balls to just approach us and say, Hey, I'm approaching you cause I want to fuck you. And she said, that's what is. Tins- so when we meet a guy like you, it throws us for a loop again, not because so much it's a turnoff, but because it's like we're saying, damn, this guy actually has the balls to say what we already want him to say. Yeah. And it's like she wasn't necessarily telling me stuff I didn't know. and You know, based on my experiences with women, I I more or less already knew what she was telling me, but I never had a woman articulate it to me the way she was articulating it to me. And anyway... What what provoked me to come Mo once? She said, "Interest comes." She said, "See, the way you're talking to me," she said, "You're saying things that women want to hear, but would never really expect to hear." And it's so funny. I don't know if you've ever had this happen. I've only had a handful of people say this, something like this happened to them, but I can understand what people say they experience like a light bulb on top of the head type of phenomenon or an epiphany. It's like right when she said that, it's like in my mind, somebody took a graphic pen and just started drawing a matrix. And in that matrix, I put in Things a man can say that women want to hear but don't expect to hear, things a man can say that women want to hear and expect to hear, things that man can say that women don't want to hear but expect to hear, and then finally don't want to hear or expect to hear. And here's the funniest the funniest of the story. <clears throat> By this point I had this woman so aroused she was pretty much ready to fuck right then and there. But because I was so hyped about what I was seeing in my mind with this matrix, I wanted to get home and put it on paper. So I was like, okay, where you live? Let me drop you off, and then I got to go home. she was like, what are you talking about? How are we going to make out here? And so I started kissing her, but I couldn't concentrate because I was so <laughs> hyped, putting my principles down huh. And that her out. She was like, wait a minute. You tell me you want to fuck me. Now I'm basically giving you the green light and you want to go home? I was like, yeah, we can hook up this weekend. And she was like, you are weird. You're just weird. And I dropped her off. And I came home and I started outlining my thoughts. Mm-hmm. First, I called him category. It was called category. I said, okay, I'm going to name the first one category one, then category two, then category three. So I had the four categories of men's verbal communication with women. Then over the next few days, I found myself kept saying, well, when I'm in this mode and when I'm in that mode. So then I changed it from category hmm. to mode. And then that's how I came up with the title mode one. I will say, OK, when I'm in mode one, I'm really bold, straightforward, unapologetic. When I'm in mode two, I'm trying to be Mr. Gentleman, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. When I'm in mode three, I tend to be a cowardly liar and pretend like I want nothing more than a platonic interaction when I really want something romantic or sexual. And then I said mode four is when I was mode two initially or mode three initially, but then I get pissed off because I didn't get the reaction I wanted, or I didn't get the results I wanted, and then I want to call all women bitches and holes. So that's my angry mode. Wow. I call that mode four. And yeah, I outlined it and I showed it to some of my closest friends and my brother. And they're just like, Wow, man, you you've really like, you know, outlined this and detailed this. What's nice and, about and- it, it's very simple. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, every guy showed it to not, not one guy, disagreed with it almost every guy who, who I showed The Matrix to, they were like, man I've never consciously been aware that I've been in these four molds, but look at it, I know for a fact, I've always been in one or more of these molds with any given one and um, so yeah that was in October of 19- I first created, called it uh, Mode One, and it wasn't until 2000 when I when I first published it as a book. When I first published it as a paper, and um, but in between the time I came up with it and the time I first published it as an ebook, the one thing that happened. And this is kind of, I guess, the final story of the backstory would be I moved to Los Angeles. And shortly after, my brother moved to San Diego and he was a manager for a firm in San Diego. And he had he would tell me, he said, man, I got all these guys. that always want to get dating advice from me and I always give them my own brand of dating advice. But then I always say you really need to be talking to my younger brother because he's much bolder, much more straightforward women.'" than I am and he said they would say okay give me some examples and he would tell them they'd be like get the fuck out of here man nobody's that fucking bossy (laughs) you're crazy man no way so he's like man can you write down like a pamphlet of just your general thoughts your opinions your principles your philosophies about being bold and straightforward with women and I said at first I said, I don't know. He said, Come on, man, do it for me. So I created this 25-30 page pamphlet called the Mold One Principles, and uh, he gave it to roughly eight of his workers. And I think about three of them immediately dismissed it. They were like, uh, there's like that's that's uh, that's too ballsy. I can't I can't do that."
0: They probably thought it was wrong, Yeah. You know? Uh, you can imagine that kind of reaction from from people. You know that it's kind of socially out there. Uh, uh-huh. So the first reaction would be like that. That that's wrong. That's that's not right. Have you did you get that reaction sometimes?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. You know, guys say, well, that, that's not how I was raised, right. and right. Uh, you know, and I was taught to be a gentleman, and blah 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 blah, and. Uh, so. Have you ever
0: have you ever taken someone like that and managed to get them to try it out? Like someone who had an extremely negative reaction to it and oh. managed to you know managed to get them to actually try it, you know, put they put their full mind to it and, you know, really try it for true to see if it you know, how it actually works out in reality.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that relates to the story I just told because mm. first the guys who did adhere to the pamphlet they ended up experiencing some very, you know, positive, desirable results. Mm. And to the point where they were like told my brother, they say, Hey man, this pamphlet is gold, man. You gotta you gotta tell your brother to publish this man, this stuff is really for example, um one guy, his name was Keith, mm. handsome guy, pretty charismatic, but his main problem, he would approach women and engage them in a high degree of what I call entertaining small talk. Trivial, but entertaining small talk. Mm. And one of my main principles was in order to be more one, you got to eliminate at least 90 to 95% of your trivial, entertaining small talk.
0: Can we just... Can you give some examples of what trivial entertainment talk is? Because I'm sure like, maybe a lot of guys do this, but they don't know they do it, right? And we need to... (laughs)
1: My general definition of trivial, entertaining small talk is basically you're talking to a woman about stuff that you really don't care about. That would be my probably simplest definition. For example, if you're talking to a woman about sports and you genuinely are interested in a woman about sports, then that's not trivial small talk. But if you're talking about sports, but in in your mind, you're like, I really would rather be talking about what what is her favorite sexual positions, that means you're engaging in trivial small talk. If you're talking about a woman's clothes and you're genuinely interested in talking about her clothes, so you can say it's not so much what you're talking about, it's your reasoning behind it. This guy, Keith, that was his main thing. He He would engage in a lot of small talk. His simple thing he did was, after he read my pamphlet, he would just go up to women and say, you know what? I think you are fucking gorgeous. I think you're fucking hot. And I think you need to hook up in the next few days. He said, like, two-thirds of women here approached they'd be like, oh, okay. And they would just write that number. And he would be like, damn, it's this easy? And so he was looking up with women left and right. and um, And, yeah, but yeah, I would say that's most of my clients that I do. Like I do Skype consultations with clients from all over the world. Mm-hmm. I would say the vast majority of them fall into the category that you described—a guy who their upbringing was such that they were always taught to, you know, be present themselves as a well-mannered gentleman and only say things that are socially appropriate.
0: We work hard to make Dating Skills Podcast the most effective training program for social, dating, and relationship skills possible. If you like what we do, please take a moment out right now to rate and write a review for the podcast on iTunes. It makes a huge difference to our rankings on iTunes and your feedback motivates us to work even harder to get you the knowledge you need. Right. I think, you know, i got tons of questions about it and I think like the first one is I think it must be hard for guys to start to do this right because it like compared to some other methods yours is is a bit more extreme and it's bolder uh it's more straightforward and I can imagine like socially uh the anxiety levels when they're gonna try something like this so like how do you help them like you know they believe in it but they don't know how to go about it. They just don't know how to start or they're just so anxious about making that first step and just saying that first line that's that's bolder. Uh, how do you generally uh, see them get up that ladder of becoming more bold in their conversations or how do you help them do that?
1: Well, I compare it to weight. When you, if, if you're a person who's ever been heavy and you wanted to lose weight, it, it makes no sense. Most dietitians and nutritionists and whoever else will tell you, it makes no sense to tell you the right way to eat and the right way to exercise. Mm-hmm. You have no idea why you got to that point in the first place. So you could say my step number one with, with most, if not all clients is, I I I navigate them through a, a series of self-analysis exercises, mm-hmm. basically get them to identify why are you exhibiting mode two and or mode three behavior right now. What led you to the point? Of, you know, starting with things like is it your the influence of your parents, mm-hmm. church upbringing, other factors in society why are you the way you are right now? And then the second question I tend to present to them is, is the, are you pleased with and satisfied with the way you are right now? Cause I mean, you know, like when I spoke in London, for example, (laughs) I asked a simple question, but it had everybody's eyebrows raised and had people rubbing their chin. I say, I said, how many of you in this room would consider yourself an, ass, a complete asshole, or jerk with women. And I think only two or three guys raised their hand, and they even did it like in more of a lighter way. And then I said, so I'm assuming the rest of you guys consider yourselves well-mannered gentlemen. Wouldn't you agree? And they all, you know, were like, yeah, yeah. So you're the type of guy that says the right thing in the right way at the right time with women. you pretty much you know, conduct yourself in a conventional, socially appropriate manner, right? Uh-huh. And pretty much like, yeah, right? I said, okay, then why are you here? And I just started looking at each other. I said, I want you to think about that. Why are you here? Why are you in this seminar? Why are you in this conference? If being a well-mannered gentleman was the key to romantic and sexual success of women, why in the fuck are you here? And the reality is, man, and I talk about this in my third book, who said, again, I don't totally slam social programming. That's a phrase I use quite often, social programming. Uh-huh. I don't totally slam it because there are benefits to social programming. For example, the fact that we stop at red lights, that comes from social programming. So if we didn't have social programming, we wouldn't be stopping at a red light or doing other things that create prevent chaos. Hmm. So there's other aspects of social programming that hurt us, particularly as it relates to dating relationships. And I said this whole notion of that we gotta be this well mannered nice guy, I said that's bullshit. You know you know what you
0: know what's uh interesting is I mean I, I've traveled a lot around the world, right? And I, I've seen a great variety of different reactions based on different cultures and maybe, maybe you've seen that in your travels, you know you've been around different places in the U.S. We were talking about that earlier, and you've been to London and so on. And you know, you take uh, the typical view of Brazilians and Brazil, right? I, th- I think that's kind of like the most extreme, um, where they are a lot more straightforward. If you've been to Brazil, um, like the first time I was up in a, in a party in in Brazil, I was I was just blown away. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, right? And I mean, I'm really comparing it. Uh, to to what you're talking about here, it's just that they're just straightforward. You know, they've got a culture of being straightforward. They've got a different social programming over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. Um, some people have told me. I've, I've talked to a few people from France, and a lot of people in in, in France are pretty naturally straightforward. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yeah, uh, French men. I would I would say that. Uh, there's this, there's a large much larger percentage of them that are more straightforward for sure yeah we're talking we're just talking about tendencies here of course um so you know it's 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 interesting like to compare that that does take you know what you're talking about it's just it it is a bit more normal in some places um and uh so i so i'm interested like what what other types of reactions um, what are the different types of reactions that, that you've seen over the years I know in one of your books you say uh, that you know you're when you use this method you're probably going to get rejected more uh, but it's not a bad thing so what what kinds of reaction reactions should you expect from women
1: well see I'm glad you asked that question oh. because here's the thing You shouldn't even concern. Here's the thing I have to almost beat in the minds of my clients. One of my most common phrases with my clients is stay in your own head. Stay in your own head. And what that means is if there's one thing that so many men are concerned with, and sometimes, honestly, it frustrates me, but I'm empathetic to why they're like this, Mm. And I always want to ask you a question, like, well, what if I approach this woman and say this? What if she responds like this? And what if she says this? And what if she, you know, does this? Or doesn't do this? And what if she? I'm like, why are you trying to predict a woman's reactions? What if I had you and a woman in one of those like police officer rooms, where I had her on the other side? Of a two-way mirror, hmm. and you couldn't see her reaction. I just told you to say whatever you wanted to say that you genuinely wanted to say to this woman, without being able to see her facial expressions or anything. What would you say?
0: You'd say and exactly. And- you know, you'd, you'd have to just go with. Uh, that's, that's a great, great uh, analogy and example. Actually, you know, that would really force you to just say what you thought.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Take your best yeah. shot.
1: Yeah, you would say whatever you, you you felt like saying. And there would be a 50% chance you could be getting a, a positive response behind that mirror. And there's a 50% chance you could be getting a negative response to that. And what, what I go on to tell me is that, really, and there's even a woman who said, what's her name? She has this thing called the wing girl method. I think her name is Marnie. Right. Marnie wrote this article. Where she said something I totally agree with. She said, She said, there one thing men need to realize, she said, there is no right thing to say to women. Cause she said, women are so different. They're so uniquely different in their experience. Like I, I can literally name times. I've been walking down the street and I just said hello to a woman, how's your day? And she said, fuck off. Now, most people would think hello, how's your day? would be a quote unquote safe thing to say to women but even that's not safe because i've had at least two or three women that either ignore me completely or they said fuck off so yeah I, I try to get men out of the habit of trying to anticipate women's reactions mm-hmm. because here's the reality i've had and i talk about this in my book more one I've had women who I've interacted with in my life that had nothing but complimentary favorable things to say to me, and the vast majority of those women have sucked my dick and have never given me any pussy then on the flip side, I've had other women who' had negative reactions to things I said have criticized various aspects of my behavior right I needed to change or improve mm-hmm. very my behavior and over half those women have sucked my dick or given me some pussy. So what I tell man is if I have women compliment me, but not giving me no pussy and I have other women who harshly criticize me, but give me some pussy. Do you really think I'm going to be flattered by compliments and scared of criticisms?
0: Right. Cause you're saying that what people say doesn't fit with their actions. There's no correlation.
1: There you go. There you go. That's the biggest thing that men need to realize to motivate them to change their paradigm on women's behavior and and diminish their fear of negative reactions is that positive reactions are overrated and negative reactions are nothing to be afraid of. Simple as that. Positive reactions are overrated and negative reactions are nothing to be afraid of. I've had my brother tell you and other close friends tell you because they've witnessed it. I've had women literally curse me out. It's say ten o'clock, but at ten forty-five, eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, the same women cursed me out, was sucking my dick, and I've had other women again who did nothing but compliment me at a party or somewhere, and I never even ended up tongue kissing those women. So, you know, men are so worried about getting a negative reaction to something. They say, I'm like, so what? So fucking what? The very woman who might be giving you a negative reaction on Tuesday could be the same woman who's sucking your dick and riding your dick on Friday and Saturday. Classic example I gave um, also in London, because guys are asking about different stories, different examples. And one story that falls in that line was um those story. I met this when I lived in LA, I met this Japanese woman. She was uh, rollerblading at Venice Beach. Mm. And I approached her and she was wearing these really tight what do you call those same similar to what the woman in the car was wearing? Like not leggings, but more like spandex bicycle pants. Hmm. And I told her she had a nice juicy ass and she started freaking out over that. She's <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe you just, you, you just come out here to look at women's ass. <laughs> like, and, um, and so I told her I was going to fuck her she's like, you know, you're an asshole. You're a jerk. I can't believe you would have stopped me to tell me you want to fuck me and then have a nice ass. Blah, 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 blah. So I gave her my card. I said, here's my card. (laughs) I said, I guarantee you that you and I are going to hook up at some point in the next six to eight weeks. She said, you're very confident. I'll give you that. And the telltale sign always tell guys. I say you should always carry around business cards or what I also like to call contact cards. Because this gesture will cause you to learn something. If you give a woman your card and she takes it, she has some, even if it's only 1% interest, she got some degree of interest. Because if a woman was 100% not interested in you, she would either give you your card back, refuse to accept it, or tear it up in your face. Right, especially after
0: you're being bold.
1: Exactly. There you go. There you go. And that, so that was my first sign that she was interested because in she took my car. And sure enough, that was on a Saturday that following Thursday, she ended up calling me saying that she was, uh, she had told some girlfriends about me and they start, she said they engaged in like a three hour conversation <laughs> just in my behavior. And, uh, but I, I basically told her over the phone, I said, I'm not really interested in talking to you unless you in, you're going to be coming on my place or you invite me to come on your place. And at first she tried to play the role, I oh, ain't so full of yourself. You just think you can meet me and get in my pants? I was like, yes. <laughs> and sure enough, that Saturday, that following Saturday, I ended up fucking her. So I, I was a classic cat. I wish somehow I was on videotape or something because. If you would have saw her reaction to me that first Saturday, you would have been like, oh, ain't no way Alan going to hook up with her. She's letting him have it. But again, she called me that following Thursday, and we hooked up that Saturday, the next Saturday, and fucked. Well, actually, no, I take it back. We hooked up, really, that that Friday night. And um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of women I fucked were women who initially – negative reactions or, or spewed out a lot of harsh criticisms. So get back to how do I get my clients and men I interact with that I coach basically to adopt a more and more one style is to get them to a point. They got to realize that they cannot take every reaction they get from women on face value. They just can't do it. You know, a lot, of, a lot of guys, for example, big mistake I think guys make is uh, and this is where I criticize the more indirect type dating coaches and seduction gurus. They're always A lot of these guys will encourage men to engage women in a conversation that has them smiling a lot and laughing a lot. But that's bullshit. I can name a lot of women who have never, ever, ever given me any pussy. Who I've had two, three hour conversations with, and I had them smiling and laughing. Women will smile and laugh with their platonic friends. I don't mean they want to suck your dick. Um, So, in many ways, I feel like I ain't gonna say all conversations where you have women smile and laughing are detrimental or not to your benefit, but a lot of them are overrated. You know, you gotta you gotta be provocative. That's what you got to be with women. You got to be real, and you got to be provocative. And whatever happens after that happens after that. If that en- it ends up uh, with a woman rejecting you, so be it.
0: So you know, you have been doing this for what? Is it twenty years now? Can you give us like how how long has this been going on for?
1: Shh. Someone close Shh. <laughs> Almost thirty years.
0: Wow! So that's a lot of data. You know, that's, that's a lot of data points uh, to you know kind of kind of build off on. Of. I mean, have you evolved over this time? Like, have, have things changed? Because, because I'm I'm sure, as as time ty- time has gone on, something has changed about uh, the way you do this. And I'd be really interested to, you know, kind of see how the, the the twenty thirty years has kind of molded. Well, maybe accentuated uh, your behaviors? Would you say uh, they've got more extreme, you got more bold, or is there anything else you notice about those 20, 30 years?
1: Hmm. Interesting question. Tough question. <laughs> I don't know if I've changed anything about my approach. I, I guess, well, the one I would say I've, I've kind of evolved is that I realized that mode one could be applied to long term monogamous relationships just as much as it can, you know, short term casual sex relationships. When I first started being my one, for me, my one was all about casual sex. Yep. Um, but my older brother is a classic example. He was my one with his now wife.
0: Mm.
1: But he wasn't my one like in an X rated way or, you know, like, hey, I want to fuck you. Um, but he was more one in letting her know that he didn't want his time wasted. Which is really the essence of more one. Most people think the essence of more one is about being sexually provocative slash X-rated, but really the essence of more one at its core is about letting people know that you don't want to waste time with people who are not on the same page as you, right. who do not have- Desires, interests and intentions as you. Yeah. And that's how it was with his now wife. He told her, you know, that he actually was not looking for casual sex. He basically was like, I've I've sold my oats. He's like, I'm looking for a life partner and so if you're looking for something more casual or more short term, let me know now so that we won't waste each other's time. And he said, she was like, Wow, I've never had a guy come out in the first conversation, lay it on the table like that. and um,
0: So that was the first conversation he had with her? Like
1: the first yeah. time he met her or the first date? His first lengthy phone conversation he had with her. Um, he told her that he basically, you know, he was looking for a life partner, that he wasn't looking for anything because a few women he had dated before meeting her, that's what had happened. He was looking... Because usually, that that scenario's flipped. It's usually the woman... Right was looking for something serious and the man just looking to get in the pants but my brother was running into the reverse he was running a situation where he was meeting women and he wanted a more serious relationship but they was just looking for something casual and he didn't want that his attitude was like i've been there done that i'm not looking for that anymore you know and um so yeah go ahead
0: yeah you know i mean the whole thing about this it, it strikes me that uh when you were talking about your matrix. Earlier, you were saying, you know, these are behaviors that women don't expect, right? There are things that uh, society says that women shouldn't want. And you're saying that they, they do want them. Um, but importantly, they, they don't expect them. They don't see them very often. And it's 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 interesting, right? Uh, it's, it's like when we go... We go to a movie, if, if the movie has the same plot line as a movie we saw a few months ago, which happens with a lot of movies these days, then, you know, it's it's not going to be that interesting to us. We walk out and we give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, but if it's got something new, which is unusual these days, uh, that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that film to everyone, Be like, hey, you should really go and see this one. It, so, do you think that part of it is that you stand out? You know, you're saying that all of these women remember you, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I think boldness does stand out. Not only as it relates to say Mo and One and, and dating and relationships, but I think in any regard, um it just it, it stands out. And um yeah, I think uh you know you just gotta be a bold straightforward did you see this movie called bulwark i haven't seen that one it's a good movie it, it deals with that in the world of politics mm-hmm. warren bates plays this guy who suddenly becomes very bold and straightforward and um yeah yeah um so yeah it's it's always beneficial
0: uh would you would you apply this inside a relationship? We just gave the example of, you know, as as the intro to her, I'm interested in this girl for a real relationship, long-term relationship. You know, I tell her out outright, straight there at the beginning. How, how would this apply in a relationship, it, within the relationship itself?
1: Oh, I would say, um, if you were to read my second book, um, called Upfront and Straightforward, I actually there's a brief, briefly in one of the chapters, talk about that, about how applying the four modes to a uh, a relationship, and one of the things I say is, let me see, I don't want to mess it up. I say mode one would be, okay, let's use food. It's known among all my my worldwide fans. Uh, I think I told you I love chicken wings. I love peach and apple. So, let's say I'm, I'm in a relationship and I tell a woman, hey, I'm going to be eating chicken wings and peach up for the rest of this, you know, relationship. Mm. That would be me being mo one. Me being mo two would be if I told a woman I was going to be eating chicken wings and peach and she's like, oh, Alan, I don't want you to eat chicken wings as much as you do. I want you to start eating other things like, you know vegetables, and I said, okay, I'm going to compromise. I'm going a, I'm to a diminish my frequency of eating chicken wings by 50%. I'm going to eat some of the things you want me to eat. That would be mode two. I'm, I'm being Mr. Compromiser. Mode three would be if I allowed a woman to talk me into giving up chicken wings for good I just stop eating them. And then mode would be me being pissed the minute we have a big argument or say we break up, and I'm like, damn, all them days I gave up chicken wings for this bitch. I can't believe that shit.
0: Yeah, and uh, like, so, so, something interesting on that topic is I've, he- I've heard before from, uh, I can't remember who said this, uh, I read it a long time ago, but. Basically, we, you, know, you know when you break up with someone, um, typically before you get into all this, this dating advice stuff, right? So you have a big breakup uh, with a girl and it hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, maybe, maybe it was your you know first girlfriend and uh, she broke up with you or the first girl that ever broke up with you and, and it hits you like a ton of bricks. And they say that the reason for that is not because of the girl uh they say that it's because of the regret you're carrying around at having not loved yourself for so long maybe it's been a year or two years and you've been compromising you' you've been doing things that uh you know weren't weren't you you know you haven't been being yourself and you've been following someone else's wishes and putting your place yourself in second place and uh you know one of the theories is that you know, you feel so bad about that, that broken relationship. Um, it That happens when you haven't been yourself and it's a subconscious reaction to having to get back to loving yourself, being yourself again. What's your view on that? Have you heard that before?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I say a book and, you know, of course, some people had an adverse reaction to it, but most people use – the word being compromising is this positive word that we should all aspire to be mm. compromising but I'm not in total agreement on that mm. going back to the example I use, I mean why should I decrease the amount of time I spend in chicken wings just to please a woman I mean I, now I can see if was a situation where my doctor said alan you know your cholesterol is too high and unless you decrease your chicken wings you're gonna have a heart attack or stroke then yeah
0: that's in your interest
1: (laughs) exactly and um but to to decrease my frequency of eating chicken wings just to please a woman no man that's bullshit i would rather hook up with a woman who loves chicken wings just as much as i do and uh so, yeah, um, but yeah, everything you said was valid, and yeah, I've heard you know different people um discuss this issue many times um
0: for so, so for me what, you know what, your mode one uh you know the whole the whole concept behind this uh is directly applicable even pot- potentially more, a lot more so in a relationship uh what i what I find is that you know talking directly builds trust and talking indirectly, miscommunication, you know, breaks trust and that relationships, re- you know, really grow or, or they, you know, they die ba- based on that trust. So, you know, from, for me, you, what you're talking about right now is essential to relationships. And uh, especially if you're interested in a long-term relationship, a serious relationship that's going to get better over time, you know, if you're interested in avoiding a divorce down the road, uh, I would say what you're talking about right now is essential to that.
1: Yep. Great. I
0: agree. So, so the the other angle that, that came to mind is uh, social situations, like where it involves other people, right? Because we've been talking about one-on-one situations, you and the girl, you know, a guy and a girl, right? So you're only dealing with one factor there. Uh, we, we did touch on the fact that, you know, some, some people in their social programming, uh, are going to think this is wrong. They are gonna, not going to think it's right. And, uh, look, I, I've, I've seen situations like this before where like, for instance, you are in a club, you're talking to a girl and maybe a guy she knows, or even a guy she doesn't know comes over and he says, Hey, you can't talk to a girl like that. Right. Have you experienced those kinds of situations? Uh, do you think they come up a lot? Do you think, you know, how, how do you deal with that?
1: I've only had that happen to me one time. I've talked about it on a few message boards. Okay. Um, Now, I've had, well, speaking of message boards, I've had guys on message boards say that shit. Yeah. And I always kind of, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, But the one time in person, it was, I was living in LA. And uh, I got to talking to this woman, and I was talking dirty to her and she was responding well to it you know she was just saying stuff like oh you so bad you nasty but then i saw her go and start talking to these three guys well it was three guys and one other female it's like a group of them and then all of a sudden i see this guy from afar kind of looking at me as she's talking to him sure enough all of a sudden this guy comes to me he says hey man um I don't know what his name is. I'll, I'll say Brian. He says, hey, I'm Brian. What's your name? I said, Alan. He said, hey, Alan, let, let me ask you something. About it. You got any sisters? I said, no, actually I don't. He said, oh, I figured, you you know, you wouldn't be late. He said, hey, let me, let me ask you this. If if you had a sister, would you want some guy just talking about how he's going to fuck her and fuck her face and fuck her mouth and and coming her mouth and all this stuff, huh? Would you would you want a guy talking to your sister like that? I said, well, how old are you talking about? My sister is. He said, well, I don't think it matters. I said, oh, it very much matters. I said, because no, if my if my sister is say roughly twenty one years of age older, or even eighteen years of age older. I'm staying out of my, my sister's personal life unless she invites me. Like, she got some guy stalking her or something, and she needs, you know, me to handle some shit. But I said, other than that, I'm not I'm not going to get involved with my sister's romantic and sexual affairs. So I said, you know, and by this time, I surmised that he, this guy was the woman I talked to, brother. And sure enough, a few seconds later, he pointed out, he said, well, I'm going to just let you know that, you know, that woman you were just talking to, you know, that's my sister And uh, she was telling me some of the things that you were saying to her, man. I I think it's, hey, I just got to be frank with you. I think it's disgusting, man. I think it's rude. I think it's improper. I think it's disgusting. I said, are these your words or her words? I said, did she come over to you and say, hey, that guy was talking to me in in a rude and disgusting manner? He said, it doesn't matter. I said, yes, it matters. I said, yes, it very fucking much matters. I said, so. I'm going to ask you again. Did she come and tell you that she was bothered by my conversation? Or did she just share some of the details of my conversation? And you on your own opinions and attitudes are having a negative reaction to it. And he was just like, hey, man, I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, I think it's foul. You don't don't know my sister. And, uh, you know, for you to talk to her that way... I was like, dude, man, dismiss yourself from my presence before I get heated. And I gave him a look like, dude, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you, man. Just leave me the fuck. And he, sure enough, he walked away. But see, I, I knew what, I knew what the deal was. She hadn't gone back over there and said, hey, that guy's a creep, he's an asshole. Well, she went over there. And this is what a lot of women will do. You know, she she probably went over there and said, hey, that guy, see that guy over there? Man, he's a trip. I mean, he is, like, bold. He just says whatever's on his mind. And the brother was probably like, okay, give me an example. Well, he just told me straight up he wanted to put his dick in my mouth, and he wanted to shoot his cum in my mouth, and blah, 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 blah. And this guy thinks he's going to play big brother. But, you know, again, I was like, unless she came to you and said she was offended, By something I said, then you can bring her over here, and we could all three talk about it. But don't come over here trying to play the big brother role, you know. But anyway, that's the only in my almost thirty years of being my one. That's the only time I've had kind of what I would call drama related to a mode one conversation. Um, That's at least from a guy, from a guy, I should say. Right, right. I guess
0: you know you've had situations where. I mean, the kind of same situation, but it's it's a girl who who heard the same story and then she came over and yeah yeah, I
1: definitely had a lot of cock blocking girlfriends <laughs> doing similar stuff like that. Like hey, you know my girlfriend said you wanted to fuck her doggy style. I just think that's rude and disgusting. And I would say, are oh, you just jealous because I didn't tell you I want to fuck you doggy style?
0: What kind of interact- yeah. What kind of reaction do you get to that?
1: Oh, some of them end up laughing. I end up getting a woman to laugh, and other times the women, you know, they get huffy, and, uh, and I, I don't like that third-party shit, and I tell people that, both men and women. I say, you know. Um, matter of fact, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this one, but as my family members know, and this is really putting some of my personal business out there, but years ago I fell out with my own, one of my own family members related to this. So, um, one of my cousins was getting married, and what's that they have the night before you get married? Not the bachelor party, but the dinner, the, the, the groom dinner or something. Anyway. It was the night before my cousin was getting married. I was talking to about two of her, uh, the bridesmaids. And, we, you know, I got to flirting. And one of the women said, so, Alan, what do you like to do in your free time? And I asked her specifically. I said, you want the basic formal version or you you want the real provocative response to that question? And she very much said, she said, well, I want the real provocative version. I said, I like the fuck. I like getting my dick sucked. I like to fuck. I like to make a woman come. And both of them were like, ooh, you're so bad. You're so bad. You nasty. But they were like, lo- all of a sudden, two weeks later, I get a call from my cousin's new bride. I'm like thinking like, okay, why is she calling me so shortly after the honeymoon? And it turns out she calls me because she's mad that I had talked to her bridesmaids in in an X-rated manner. And she, I mean, like, went off on me. I mean, I ain't even joking. I mean, she, like, went off on me to the point where it caused me and my cousin to fall out for a while. We fell out for a few months because he he basically backed her. And, And that really hurt me. But here was the thing. I ended up talking to the woman who ended one of the two women who I ended up talking dirty to, and she made it clear. She said, Alan, I don't know why my friend would go off on you about what you said to me because I wasn't offended by anything you said. I said, So you didn't say anything negative about it? She said, No, she said, Matter of fact, I found it very amusing and intriguing. I just told her, I said, I said, your husband's cousin is a trip. He's just really bold and he's very sexually straightforward. But I never like criticized you or said I was offended. And see, that's the thing that, that has always been interesting to me. I've talked about this with friends. It makes me scratch my head. I've had, I can name so many times where I've had the a, a friend of somebody's be more offended by something I said than the person who I said it to. I can tell you many times I've had the, like, the girlfriend of a woman or the sister of a woman or the cousin of a woman or the coworker of a woman. Yeah, a lot of times they'll come to me and say, you know, I, I heard about what you said to so-and-so. And I, I just think that was just disgusting. I think it's rude. I mean, like, I wasn't talking to you well, I just wanted to let you know. And see, this is, that's the type of shit that a lot of men are afraid of, but I give a fuck. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't, I wouldn't put on this earth to please you with everything I fucking say. Yeah. You know, I think
0: I, I well, first of all, I just want to really thank you for, you know, sharing some of your personal life like this. Cause you know, I understand it's not always something that you want to put out there, but it really does help keep this real and, and, and really valuable. So just, just thank you for that. Anna. Um, like I, I've had experiences with uh, weddings also, and uh, you know family events. Like where weddings are okay, like go to a friend's wedding, and uh, you know, and, and other weddings, and and, it, and, it's, and it's it's fine. But uh, with, with your own family, I guess it's not even weddings. It's it's like your own family events, and where your own family are are involved. I guess the situation can be uh, more complicated, and you know, it really depends on you know your your own ideals like you 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 have very clear ideals about what you stand for in life and you know what's okay with you and you know how you want to lead your life um others may you know they may have different views or they may have different families which uh you know obviously you know every family is is kind of unique and some some families can be dramatic or so on like a, have seen a fair amount of uh, drama in my family and i i personally made it a rule like uh, basically to keep any of this dating pickup stuff, uh, or anything like that, you know, whenever I'm at a family event, it's, it's like, I'm, you know, it's not a part of me, um, to try and keep, um, keep, keep things easy and, and, and drama free. Nonetheless, uh, one wedding I went to and, you know, I had this rule where, you know, I just, I don't do anything. Um, I ran into problems anyway, just because, you know, after a while, you know, you, you're, I guess you're not like other people. You're more straightforward. Um, if you've been doing this kind of stuff for a while, and I actually hadn't done anything, but you know, I, I, one of the girls of bridesmaids had got attracted to me, um, and because I had this rule where you know I wasn't going to do anything, um, but yeah, I basically had to turn it down, right? And because uh, I just didn't want to get mixed up in anything with family like that, and you know, six months later, that came came back and it bit me hard. You know, um, she went around spreading rumors about me and saying that, you know, I'd said, you know, like bad things to her. And, you know, it, it involved some driving with my family and my sister. And, you know, it, it wasn't even true. So that was something I would have liked to avoid. But I'm not really sure what the answer is uh, um, because, like I say, I was trying to avoid the problem in the first place. And I think that, you know, just some some things about the way we change ourselves and we make ourselves more straightforward can and and the fact that maybe we are more attractive than we used to be can like uh, cause problems in in some of these scenarios. So I get you know I guess you, we got to make our own decisions about how we navigate those situations. Is a bit different than you know the rest of our lives.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. I I I, I what I tell guys is <clears throat> you got to reach a point in your life as a man where you determine. For yourself, who you are, and then once you do that, you got to own that person. You know, when we're young, we tend to allow, to one degree or another, appearance to determine who we are. Our friends, other relatives, people at church, or just society in general. But you know, you you got to, you know, it's just like I interviewed on my talk. I do a talk, internet talk radio show, and I was interviewing this legendary adult film actress named Nina Hartley. Uh-huh. And I was asking her, you know, what did her parents think about when she started doing porn and what did her friends and relatives? And she said, oh, of course, some of them had a negative reaction to it, but she said, you know, she said, I'm gonna tell you something, Alan, if you're a woman who was easily bothered by somebody say, calling you a hoe or a slut or passing judgment on you, then this is not the industry for you. She said, I know who I am. And she said, I own my sexuality. I love the way she said that. Mm. She said, I own my sexuality. And she was basically saying, I don't give a fuck what other people think of me. She said, I make my own choice, my own decisions, and I live with them. I I think that's
0: something great. You know, great to live by. No matter what we decide, who you know we are going to be. We shouldn't. You know, obviously we shouldn't care what others think. Uh, Even if we don't want to be, you know, even if someone listens to this and they don't agree with you and they don't want to be as bold, they still they still have to stand up for themselves and be who they are in life and not worry so much about. You know, maybe they don't want to be as bold as you, but they still have to stand up and be who they who they really
1: are. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, that's the same message. You know, I, I give uh, pretty much all my clients is that, you know, because I mean, again, that's the biggest obstacle that just about all my clients have more than anything else is just simply worrying about what other people are going to think. What other people are going to say about them, how women are going to re- react and respond to them. And I'm like, man, you just got to be who you fucking are. You got to first decide who you are, and once you decide who you are, you got to own it. And uh, so,
0: yeah. Um. All right, Alan, This is this is this has been a fantastic talk. Uh, you know, you're, you're you're a really good speaker. You know, all this stuff comes across really well. And uh, there's there's a one question we ask everyone who comes on this show. Uh, it's it's sure. very sim- it's very simple. It's take someone from complete newbie. You know, no experience. With, dating advice or anything like this and he wants to get results success with women as fast as possible. What are the three things you would tell him to do?
1: Wow. Three things I would tell a guy to do if he wanted to get results as soon as quickly as possible. That's it. Ooh, that's challenging. Cause see, one of the things I tell my clients is I, I tell them not to put timelines on, 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 you know, success. So it's kind of going against my normal advice, but For the sake of this question, um, the first thing I would uh, tell a man to do is assess what he really wants from women. That's step number one, what he wants from women. Like, does he want short-term non-monogamous? Does he want long-term monogamous, long-term non-monogamous, short-term monogamous? monogamous? Always know what he wants. What any given woman he's talking to, know what he wants from women. If not, before he approaches the woman, definitely within by the end of the first conversation, he should know what he wants from a woman. So I would call that step number one. Step two, along the lines, of course, of more one, is confidently and boldly express to a woman what you want. If you want short-term non-monogamous, let a woman know that. If you want some more long-term or some more monogamous, let a woman know that. Don't engage in any type of manipulative head games with women. Don't lie to women. Don't go out of your way to try to impress women or wine and dine women. Just let women know confidently and straightforwardly, let women know what you want. That's step number two. And number three is simply actually related to what we just talked about. Don't ever, ever, this was one of my principles in my original pamphlet, the Mo One Principle. Don't ever offer apologies or lengthy explanations for something you said that was bold or provocative, perceived as bold or provocative. You know, if some women criticize something you said that was bold or provocative, so what? If some women try to get you to back down for what you said, don't do it. If some women try to get you to apologize for something you said, don't do it. Say whatever. Once something comes out your mouth, own it. If you really think you're gonna to have to apologize for something you say, then don't say it. But once it comes out your mouth, own it.
0: Fantastic, Alan. Like very simple three point advice there, you know, holds true to the rest of the you know the podcast. Everything you said is very straightforward and, and that, that's what I think's great about it. And uh, Alan, it's been great to have you on the podcast. I enjoyed this a lot and great to hear hear, you know, all, the, all your personal experiences uh, with this
1: method. I appreciate you inviting me and uh, and having me. You've you've asked some very good questions, at times tough questions. (laughs) I've appreciated this interview very much.
0: Well, Thank you, and I hope we get a, a chance to meet up or talk sometime again in the
1: future. Oh, for sure, for sure. To get more information
0: on today's guest, including their profile, background, company information and ratings, and of course, all their products and their reviews, go to datingskillsreview.com slash dating skills podcast and select the relevant episode. You'll find all the information there. Do you have questions about dating, pickup, women, sex, or relationships? Get them answered by us and our guests on the podcast by sending them to ask at datingskillsreview.com by email. That's A-S-K at datingskillsreview.com. Your info is kept anonymous and you'll get some rock-solid personal advice for free on the podcast. Speaking of free high-quality advice, have you got the Fast Track Manual and DSR Dating Gold yet? These are high-quality freebies we've prepared for you to get you started. The Fast Track Manual gives you a step-by-step process to use to learn to get good with women as fast as possible. Readers say it's flawless. DSR Dating Gold is a daily email with one piece of golden, highest quality advice taken from the hundreds of products we've reviewed. Get both of these by going to www.datingskillsreview.com slash fasttrack, that's F-A-S-T-T-R-A-C-K, and accelerate that learning curve so you can get good in months, not years. Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. Learn more at www.datingskillsreview.com.